Hi, everybody. My name is Drew Waldron, and thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of Niche Talks, a podcast series I started to have interesting conversations with people who share interesting perspectives. My guest today is a longtime friend of mine, Dominic Pagliaro. He's an actor, he's a performer, and most recently, he's touring with the National Broadway Tour of Anastasia. He and I had a fantastic conversation about what his life has been like the last year, and it it was just so much fun. Unfortunately, some of the conversation was cut due to some audio issues, but we were able to salvage a majority of it. The conversation that we were able to salvage picks up right as Dom is telling me how he got placed on the Broadway tour of Anastasia. I hope you enjoy, and I hope that I have far less audio issues in the future. Now, without further delay, here is the middle of my conversation with Dom Pagliaro. And when I got the opportunity to join Anastasia recently, it was not even... Like, I did not hesitate for a second. I dropped pretty much everything I was doing. I had just opened, uh, helped bar consult for a new restaurant and was initially bar managing there for two weeks, um, really a week and a half. And then I got the call from my agent saying, you know, you got it. And within four days, I put in my... I couldn't give it two weeks because I was I was, it was that immediate the, the, yeah. the following Monday, um, packed up two suitcases, um, got the script and the score on my iPad and started learning the show and was and flew off to meet the cast in uh, in Indianapolis, which was ironic because the first stop of the tour for me was only an hour north of Indiana <laughs> University where I went to school. Wow. So it was a very full circle moment for me and just went to show that all those years ago when I decided like, hey, I'm going to go in a direction and I don't know where that direction is going to take me, but at least I'm moving forward. It, it, it led me to this. It led you to a Broadway tour. I'm glad that you uh, meandered the conversation this way because this is the bulk of what I wanted to get into. Whenever I think of who would make for a good guest or who would give a good conversation, I always think about someone who is able to offer a unique perspective and your perspective as a first timer in your Broadway tour of Anastasia, there are just a million questions I want to ask you. But but I think the best way to begin that conversation would be for you to describe your role within the company to anyone who's unfamiliar. Awesome. So I am a swing and a cover. So basically, the way that theater has worked, and especially during the pandemic, is that you have your on-stage cast, which are the people you see every single night. And then if those people get injured, get sick, aren't feeling up to the job that day for some reason, have a family emergency, whatever comes their way that prevents them from doing the show that evening, there will be someone to replace that role. If it's, it can be an internal person in the company, so an ensemble member who also understudies a principal or covers, Understudy and cover are, are pretty much synonymous, um, but a, a swing is primarily for ensemble tracks. And so as a swing cover, I cover the seven um, ensemble roles in Anastasia. They are split up into numbers, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. The first three are dubbed the singer tracks, and the, the four through seven are dubbed the dancer tracks. 
I was primarily brought in to cover the singer tracks, but I have also started to acclimate and learn and have had to swing on for the dancer tracks as well. And I cover two of the principal roles in the show, Vlad and Gleb. And you just had your Vlad premiere, right? Your your first did. show did. as Vlad? It was. Can you describe like what a big deal that is to people who may not be familiar with with the scene? Because I I was ecstatic for you. Yeah. But uh, I think it's difficult to convey like the weight of that. You know. Oh. I mean, it it is. It felt like a culmination of everything that I had been working for as an artist, as a theater, a musical theater artist, for really my whole life. It was an opportunity that, A, I don't know if I'm ever going to get again because the nature of that, you know, my role in the company is that we have two covers for Vlad. Um, I had my put in in January, which um, kind of okayed me to then officially go on the next time that Brian, who plays Vlad, calls out. And I was in line at Wendy's getting some chicken nuggets for lunch. <laughs> the old four for four. Yeah, my, my stage manager called me and said, hey, how would you feel about debuting Vlad today? And I took a breath and I said, let's do it. And I mean, if, if this was something that I knew was coming since the moment I was given the contract. The initial contract was looking for a male singer swing and a Vlad cover. And I've just been fortunate enough to add the other roles to the arsenal over time. And so to get this opportunity to shine on stage in a role that I have put so much time into character work and learning the blocking and the music, all kind of out of sight of everyone else, because as a swing, a lot of your work is unseen. And then you're expected to hop in and do the show and, and, and as if nothing happened. So it, it was one of the most fulfilling and humbling experiences I've ever had on top of being wildly exhilarating, incredibly nerve wracking. And I, I stepped away from that night, exhausted, out of breath. The costumes are so hot for that character. I, mean, <laughs> I was going to say they're, they're heavy. Like they look heavy for <laughs> coats um, and has to like dance around and all of it. Oh, but wow. I, there are a few times in my life where my heart has been as full from the support within the cast, you know, just being able to share my Vlad with the audience that night for the first time. And my mom drove six hours from Connecticut to Shippensburg, Pennsylvania. That's sweet. Last, last minute. Mama Pags. Yep. I was, I was just so grateful. It was one of those days where I had to sit down after everything had happened and just write in my journal like i there was nothing but gratitude for for making it this far and for taking a, a principal bow in in an, in a broadway national tour when two years ago i was you know washing dishes at a restaurant 
completely uncertain of where my life was going or, or, or what was next. And just so much, so much gratitude, so much love. Wow. Well, I'm happy that you were able to get the recognition you deserved and show off the culmination of your work. But I just wanted to ask, what is it like to put in countless hours and hours and hours of memorizing a role in your position and think to yourself like, hey, after all the work I'm putting in to memorize this role and this choreography and these lines, there is a chance that this work that I'm doing may never come to fruition. Is is that demoralizing in any way? Or is that something you've been able to push through? I, I'm, again, thrilled that you were able to show off and, and get your flowers. But what was yeah. it like in preparation? In preparation, it I treat it as any other role that I would do. Only because if I look at it as something that may not happen, I think subconsciously I'd be inclined to not put as much effort into it. And I kind of had my right right coming into the company right away. First couple days I was there, people were like, You are gonna go on a lot more than you think you you are. <laughs> and so what when people tell you that as a new cast member and also this is my first time being a swing and a cover professional a swing ever and a cover slash understudy professionally so i would watch the the other swings and covers go on for roles left and right and i said to myself i need to treat this as seriously as possible not only because this is a professional broadway touring show but because this is an opportunity for me to finally like apply everything that I've learned. And so what if I never get to do it? Yeah, it might sting a little bit, but knowing that I was ready at the drop of a hat to do it is, is and knowing that inside I would have rocked it even if no one got to see it, that is still fulfilling enough. Sometimes, all you can do is the work there there's and, and i think this applies to to a lot of of things in life and especially with writing like the the reward is the action of doing it you have to become comfortable with congratulating yourself for saying i took one hour today and and wrote or attempted to finish a song, or um, got down a few pages of a book I'm writing, or um, practiced my instrument for two hours, even if you don't see any results. Because so often, um, there will be no visible accolade or, or progress. But when I, had, I had one of my teachers in college, Ken Roberson, tell me one of the best pieces of advice that I wish I had heard sooner, and that was that any progress should be celebrated. And progress is far from linear. You go up, down, all around. Absolutely. I mean, the perfect example is I had my Vlad put in in January. I was on top of the world. The next day, I got appendicitis. And I had to <laughs> well, see surgery. Are we, are we jumping into that conversation? Because that is a story that, if you're cool with telling, I, I think oh, it's ab absolutely. absolutely worth I mean, telling have, because have, my heart have, broke for you, man. <laughs> Have we, and, and I'll, I'll just preface the whole story by saying, yeah, sure, it has its ups and ups and downs, but 
you know, look where I am now. You, mm. you have to go through the bad to get to the good. You know, that is, that is life balancing itself out and it will always balance itself out. So where were, okay. So I'm jumping into the appendicitis, don't jumping <laughs> into appendicitis. So I'll start by saying I no longer have an appendix. Um, <laughs> What happened to it? What happened? I blame Skyline Chili in Cincinnati <laughs> um, because that was the last thing I ate before I got appendicitis. Uh, I had, as I, as I mentioned, I had my Vlad put in, which is a, a rehearsal for an, uh, a cover or a swing where they do the show in full costume, full props, full makeup, uh, while everyone else who has already done their role is just in street clothes. So it's primarily for those people who have not done the role, and I will have my Gleb put in in about two weeks, which I'm super excited for. Mm. Um, so I finished, and everyone was going to Skyline Chili afterwards, and I had heard about Skyline. I was like, oh, yeah, this like this is a Cincinnati staple. Let's go. We'll go as a cast. A bunch of people went. Underwhelming. I'll say it. It's not my cup of tea. Mid I had the spaghetti. It, it, as an Italian, it definitely felt like an affront. <laughs> to what pasta is innately um and i just was not feeling great afterwards i was like this is going to give me a tummy ache later tonight and sure enough i woke up at 5 a.m and was like i don't feel good at all so i just i picked up my kindle i started reading a bit tummy ache didn't go away took some medicine all this stuff and it was persistent i mean like gas that just would not relieve itself it just felt like a pressure building and I had a show that night at 8 p.m., got to the theater at 6.30, was trying to work through everything. And then I started feeling that sharp pain in my appendix area. Did a quick WebMD check to be like, I have every single symptom listed on here of appendicitis. And I went and I told my company manager, hey, I, I think I have appendicitis, so I'm gonna go to the hospital. And they're like, oh, okay. Uh, let us know if you need anything. And so I Ubered to the hospital. I was able to chat with an on-site EMT at the Aronoff Center, um, in, which is the theater we were at in Cincinnati, and they were awesome. They called me into the ER before I got there. So I pretty much showed up, got seen immediately. And uh, yeah, I just got pumped with um, antibiotics and painkillers for the whole night and then had my appendix taken out a uh, very easy laparoscopic surgery in the morning but it meant that i was staying in cincinnati and mm -hmm. not continuing on with the tour for a bit and i was fortunate enough to have some family friends of my mom's uh, who are right across the border in covington kentucky and they pretty much took me in for 10 days treated me as their own and just so generous hospitality um, such generosity and hospitality towards me literally like helping me put my shoes on and sitting me up in bed because i couldn't move. Wait, you were you were locked down so you great. could not move no so mark and misa thank you um without them i certainly would not have been on such a quick path to recovery but i was you know scheduled to be out of the show for at least two weeks and I was able to rejoin the tour after about 10 or so days, but I missed 22 performances before I was able to come back officially um, and be a part of the tour. And the first day I was officially allowed to be back, 
Mm-hmm. I almost got called in to go on stage. <laughs> and then the next day I did go on stage and we had to, to edit a couple blocking things because there were some lifts that I had to do as that track, which I simply couldn't. Stuff you should I not have been doing. I did not have my abdominal strength with me and and part of it is still recovering um you know i'm on the slow but sure journey of regaining my my strength and my level of uh stamina that i had prior to the injury are are you like almost back to 100 now i would say so i feel 100 percent. there are just a few things that i need to keep working on and like i getting my abs back in shape my core strength um i have scar tissue now in three places on my stomach Mm. where they made the incisions and so it's little things like that but for the most part we're good as gold and i think it's crazy that i can go from having an emergency you know relatively major surgery like an appendectomy to three three and a half weeks later going on for principal character and doing what I thought was one hell of a good job with it too. So, well, one of the reasons I was so happy for your principal character debut, not only because you know you deserve it, you put in all the hard work, but uh, just because when I had called you to check in after your appendicitis situation, uh, I'll just be, I'll be, I'll be blunt. You were down, man. You were, yeah, you were down, and <laughs> yeah. it was, it, it was tough to see you in such a sad mood after everything that you would you had done all the effort that you had put in so for that to all come to fruition and really pay out three and a half weeks later i'm thrilled for you man i really am thank you drew thank you yeah as as i said you you have to have the highs with the lows Mm. and especially because this is such an amazing thing for me this tour this job i feel like has just put me back on the path that I am supposed to be on that I got ripped away from because of COVID and the pandemic, it really is important to me. You know, I treat every role and every day um, as if it's my, it's my last because you just never know. And, and with a show like this, which has such an awesome message, the cast is incredible. I'm surrounded by so much talent and the story is beautiful. I love telling it every single day, even if I'm not on stage, just being backstage, being a part of it, being able to watch it from the wings, watch my my friends shine on that stage and watch people in the audience walk away, you know, stars in their eyes that they just got to see Anastasia. It's It's a magical, fulfilling job and opportunity and really a gift that I get to do this every single day for my job. And I can't wait to get back to tour. I'm on, I'm on a little break right now, mm. which is nice. It's nice that we can step away from it because we are together every single day as a cast, everyone's in each other's personal spaces. The <laughs> schedule can be taxing at times and it's important to, to give the bodies rest. And sometimes that's really difficult to do on tour. Mm. So tell us, in this period of rest that you have right now, what are you doing to kind of de-stress, take your mind away from the show, get back to yourself, mentally unwind? mm -hmm. First rule of thumb is just try to not think about the show. (laughs) (laughs) It it pops up everywhere, um, and I 
personally, I think over the weekend, I'll start reintroducing myself to it only because I, I have some work that I have to do coming up for the next put in and just to brush up on all my all things swing. But, you know, I've been I've been connecting with friends with my parents. Um, I'm going into New York City on Friday to go see a show and see some friends. No, oh, what are you saying? Um, I'm going to see Lauren and Moulin Rouge. Oh, yeah. wow. Tell her I said hi. I will. I will. So that's uh, yeah. I'm 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 amazed with the work that you're both doing, honestly. So, and it swings got to go and support each other. Yeah, that's, of course. That's the way it is. We we're keeping uh theater going right now, which is incredible to be a part of. I love that, man. So for the put in that you're about to do for what was the character's name? Gleb? Gleb. Yes. Gleb. Gleb. For the Gleb put in, like how do you prepare for that? Are you watching the other principal actors that do the role? Are you primarily just trying to study the script and commit everything to memory? What is your preparation process like for these put-ins? Okay, so for the put-in, I have had the opportunity to, at least with this specific role, now see five people do it. Um, one being Ramin on the on the Broadway bootleg slash slime tutorial. I I we love, love that a slime tutorial. We love a slime love tutorial. A slime tutorial. Uh, I, I'm just gonna jut in real quick <laughs> for uh, a lot of people listening to the podcast who likely don't know. Uh, Broadway bootlegs are very difficult to come by, and the trend the last several years in internet lingo, people have uh, labeled them as slime tutorials to try to get the law off of their backs when they <laughs> post them to publicly available forums. The internet is brilliant. It's amazing. All I will say. Um. And I have seen the the Gleb who was with the with the tour for a while when I got there. Ben Edquist. Um, I've seen the covers for the role go on. Um, one of them, Will Bishop, Amin Fuson, and most recently the the newest Gleb that we have, uh, Christian McQueen. So I have gotten to see this role portrayed by five different people and see so many different colors and shades of this character and what this character can be and should be. And I was fortunate enough to meet the director for the tour for about a day. She stopped by just to check in and did some character work specifically with the Gleb scenes. And I sat in on that, took a bunch of notes, um, got some direction, and things to think about moving forward for whenever I really kind of delve into scene work, which I haven't truly done. But I mean, I know all of the lines, I know all the blocking. Um, I knew it long before I was actually officially given the role. Just well, all, all the repetition, you know, something of interest yeah. to me. In the beginning, I mentioned to the the creative team, I said, "Hey, if there's ever an opening for a Gleb cover, I am." very very interested um i i have a history of doing both old men in musicals and just because of my facial hair and i can pull it off and mm -hmm. villains so that's kind of been what i've made my career out of and to now be covering kind of the old comedic relief and the villain in the show is just perfect so. That's incredible. You have a solid 60 years left of being able to do old men in theater. <laughs> yeah, let's hope I make it that far. That's, that's incredible for someone your age. 
So, but my my process kind of starts mm-hmm. with with character and with what other people say about the character in the script. I'll go through. I'll pick out lines about what do people say about Gleb? Where is he mentioned? How is he mentioned? Um, and then also kind of create my own little backstory for this character so I can begin to understand a little bit about where they came from, who they are, what makes them tick, what drives them, what are they passionate about. Um, and I write that all down in a notebook. And then from that, I go through the script and I call it footnotes, annotations. I For each line or sometimes a group of lines, um, I will make a little number and then kind of write out stream of conscience for the character. Like, what are they thinking in this moment? What are they trying to accomplish? In tandem with that, I'll also go and put some active verbs on, on the side so I can attribute um, an action to said line. So like for some of the Vlad lines, I wrote like to spit. I'm going to spit this line at them. So I have an idea in my head of how I'm going to deliver the line and what I want the or, and really how I want the other character to react because acting is reacting. Mm. You know, it is, it is listening to what the other person has to say and having that fuel your next move or your next line or action. It's interesting that you mentioned that, uh, that acting is reacting uh, is it difficult when all these roles, like in these swings and these covers, are being played by different people every night? And fundamentally, you might have to interact uh, with different versions of these characters each night. Is that at all difficult when you kind of nail the chemistry with someone or you have to jump to someone else? What What is that like as you're kind of actively working with a very fluid cast? Yeah, um, absolutely. And... I am kind of in the opposite position where I am the one who's coming in. You're the fluid one. And, and, breaking, <laughs> up, and breaking up the chemistry, so to speak. Mm. So I have to be almost hyper aware of playing off of the other people and not doing, still making my mark, but making sure that I'm, I'm melding it with the other people's performances who, at this point, you know, that they're almost... They've done it so many times, like it's it's more of a second nature for them at this point. Mm. And, you know, and that's why we have put in rehearsals. We will anytime a cover goes in for a principal role, they always get asked, would you like to run anything in particular before that evening's performance at half hour calls or hour calls? Um, And so when I went on for Vlad, we ran a few of the um, larger numbers and dance sequences, and I made sure to check off all my boxes so that once I got to it on stage, I felt comfortable and I knew I was going to do it and do it correctly. And that is such a relief to get that out of the way. Cause like there were things that happened during the run of that, that like a a chair fell over and we're supposed to put Anya on top of the chair during a lift. And we're like, Oh, well, thankfully that happened now and not during the show. (laughs) Um, So it is fascinating to, almost have to instantly create chemistry with a new person. And if you're fortunate enough, you'll have had an opportunity to not only talk to that person, but at at least run the lines or everything before the show 
with whoever you're going to be opposite of. Mm, just so you're not going in dry? Correct. Yeah. Um, but sometimes that's the nature of the beast of being a swing and a cover is you have to answer the call whenever the call comes. If the call comes the night before, that is the best case scenario. I'm sorry, it's not the best case scenario. The best case scenario is you get an email three weeks before saying, hey, just so you know, this person's going to be out from, you know, December 9th through December 11th. So you're going on for these roles that weekend. And I'm like, awesome. I got time. All this time. time. You don't even have to worry about it right now. The worst case scenario, and this happened to my friend Rebecca, was um, she had to go on mid-show, mid-number. As a different character. No, as in in for a principal. So mid show, so like the the actor yeah, changed. They, they literally they 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 closed the curtain, mid number because one of the actors had to leave the stage, um, and then she was not able to do the show, and Rebecca had to come in, and play that role. Wow. They basically had to restart the scene, with her in, and you know thankfully the the actor who had to leave the stage um, was okay. But crazy stuff happens. No, that's a like, giant ask, theater. yeah. You know, it was like, oh, you know, Rebecca, uh, three minutes, we need you to go on for Anya right now. And she's like, what? <laughs> Anya the lead. Yes, Anya <laughs> the lead. As in Anastasia, Anya. Oh, my God. That's crazy. I, so I, I would feel, just, like, stricken with anxiety. You never know what's going to happen. And that is why being a swing is amazing but it is relatively anxiety inducing <laughs> and you have a lot of adrenaline that you have to figure out how to expel at the end of the night because you don't know if you're going to go on or not. And in your mind, you always hope like nothing can go wrong. Nothing can go wrong. I'm going to have an easy day backstage doing other things. And then there's that one time where if you get caught off guard, it's not going to be pretty for anyone. Well, I feel like that would uh, fuel egos just a little bit, knowing like, hey, I, I am fully capable of working in this very high-stress, anxiety-inducing environment where anything could happen, and this is just asked of me, and and I could crush it. Mm-hmm. And and for me, it's I I think of it less as as an as an ego boost, and more of a I am I'm comfortable with this this challenge because there are so many people who swinging is not for them and they express that they're like i don't know how you're able to memorize seven or eight roles um i mean i i currently swing and cover nine which is wild but it it truly is you have to think about the show in a different perspective than most Mm. people i i almost think of it as a bird's eye view rather than a here's my one thing that i'm doing throughout the whole show because i have to think about that one thing i'm doing the whole show for nine different people and like the map of the stage in my head for any given number has so many different colors and arrows on it from all the maps that i've made of here's where my character goes for this line and this measure and it's just a very different approach to the business of theater and frankly i love it because it allows me to appreciate the show as a whole so much more it allows me to know what other people are going to be doing so i can have more awareness of myself on stage of other people on stage and i think it just it makes me appreciate what i'm doing all the more 
especially when I'm able to go on for the roles because it doesn't happen every day. Mm. Sometimes it happens more frequently than others. And, you know, I'm sure we're going to get into a stretch where it'll maybe be two, three, four weeks before I go on for a role. And I still have to keep all of that information fresh in my head, ready to answer the call. So it's such a good exercise for my brain and for my body and my voice to make sure everything is always up to the task, ready to go. Because then I do feel like, yeah, you could throw anything at me right now and I can do it. And that happened to me when I was in Cincinnati. They called me up and they were like, hey, we need you to go on for a split track uh, dancer today. And I had never done any of the dancer tracks before, nor been taught them. So I had to go and learn, you know, the track two hours before the show and then do a split track M4, M6 that afternoon and that night. Wow. But it, it proved to me and myself and I that there is, I, I like to think of it as more of a, a formula for every role. There are a set of numbers and on the, on the front of the stage, the number line, and there are four curtains and four wings. And th using all of that, you can map out exactly where you need to be the whole show. And as long as I can remember those numbers, at least for the next two hours, <laughs> it, you know, I can always reset an intermission. Screw two hours, one hour. Like, let me just get through act one and then let me get through act two. It really allows you to take it bit by bit, put it all together, and what seems like such a gargantuan task, you are able to overcome with relative ease. And then it's just getting out of the way of the nerves and trusting the work that you've done outside of the theater and offstage. Know that it will show up for itself if you've done the preparation and put in the hours the moment you get on stage. Wow. That was incredibly well said. You are, without a doubt, someone who is up for that challenge. Uh, remind me, how much longer are you doing this challenge? How long are you contracted to be on the tour? Yeah, so we will be touring through May 22nd. And after that, who knows? We've been uh, trying to figure that out to no avail. Um, but as as I'm sure you know, this is a very... It's not an easy industry by any means to find work and to make a living. But if this job has taught me anything, it's that it is so worth the wait. And once you know, once you have your foot in the door, opportunities will start opening up in ways you never thought they would before. So I'm really excited to see what's going to be next for me because there's a very good chance that I have no idea what that is, despite, you know, having submitted for probably 20 or 25 different summer shows and a, a tour here and a tour there and, and not hearing anything back from them. And I just have to remind myself, Anastasia, like, fell into my lap. I recognized that it was an opportunity that I could take hold of. And I did with everything I got. And I just have to be patient until that next thing, you know, comes across my path recognize it for what it is and and just trust trust in the world wow 
Yeah. If if I could ask, what does your dream summer look like right now? If everything went exactly the way that you wanted to, what are you doing this summer into the fall? Ooh. Big question, but yeah, there. Ooh. Okay. Real well, really big question. <laughs> the, there is one thing that I certainly don't want to miss, and that is I have a cousin who's getting married in Italy on the Amalfi Coast in mid-September, and Ooh. my whole family is going to Italy for about nine days. And I do not want to miss that. You know, I don't know when I'm ever going to get another opportunity to uh, share a moment like that with my family um, and to celebrate my cousin getting married. So that's kind of priority. And I really don't think there's anything that I would receive in terms of an offer, at least that I've seen so far that would conflict with that, um, which is good. I mean, there have been a few places I've submitted. It'd be really cool to do some of the shows at um, PCLO in Pittsburgh. Uh, there was a production of Hunchback that was going on at the Tuacon Amphitheater, and I submitted for Phoebus for that. That would be amazing. But I think they've already cast or in the process of casting, and I submitted that a while ago but you also never know that's the thing i don't know who's got my information on file uh ready to to pull out and be like oh i actually have a guy who i think would be great for this and i think that is i remember that's what my agent told me about anastasia he's like i got you this thing in new york next week you're going in and doing it because i really want you to get in front of this casting director so he can see you and that's what i did and i prepared out of my ass for that and i went in and i felt completely out of place because i was the only person at that audition with a full three-piece suit and i looked significantly older than everyone else <laughs> even though i'm only 24 and i just got the feeling that like i absolutely nailed that and i gave everything i had and i can walk away happy and the contract was supposed to start october 11th and I didn't hear anything from the casting team October 10th. So I'm like, well, I'm supposed to be in Charlotte, North Carolina tomorrow. So <laughs> I guess I didn't get it. And then the next day, I got the call from my agent. And the, and I would learn that there was just someone who didn't watch a video in time. So they weren't. And that was, that was the reason? Able, they weren't able to bring me in that wow. day. So they brought me in the next week. And so it tru <laughs> you truly never never know and that is the beauty of it the things that come your way are meant to come your way and things that you may look at and be like oh i will be so right for this may you know you may think that mm -hmm. but i guarantee you the universe has a different plan for you it's it's fascinating to put all the pieces together of mm -hmm. who i have become and still know that there are pieces on the way you know if you're looking at it in terms of a puzzle I don't know if I'll ever be finished, but maybe that's a good thing. You know, as, as long as I don't create a set border for myself, then there's never a way that I will completely fill in that border. But if I just continue to expand and expand and expand, build off of myself, build off of the people around me, and just do good work, then I think that's kind of the, the best case scenario for, for life for your career, like don't never put yourself into a box mm. because 
you'll never know what life is like outside of it. Well said. I was going to ask you for some closing thoughts, but I don't know if you could even top that. And that was fantastic. Uh, is there anything you would like to plug? I'm thinking your website, social media. Um, Sure. Yeah. So social medias, I have uh, Instagram is kind of my primary one. Uh, I just changed the handle to dom, D-O-M dot pags, P-A-G-S. And that's, I post a lot of tour content on there. Super fun, little updates, kind of, you know, wh what city are we in today? Uh, my website is Dom Pagliaro, that's P-A-G-L-I-A-R-O.com. And that you can kind of see the my breadth of work and my um, physical range of facial hair on there. <laughs> yeah, and... it's, it's a wide range. <laughs> it's, it's impressive. And it just keeps growing back. I mean, I'm, I'm on the Zoom call right now, and this is like not even a week of growth oh, from when that. I shaved. So it just, it's crazy. Um, and I, you know, I update uh, major events there and you can see some of my, my reels and, and my previous work. Um, so yeah, that's, that's me in a nutshell. And Wonderful. whenever, whenever I know what I'm doing next, I will absolutely be sharing to social. So love that. Well, Dom, I hope that you enjoy this time off. Oh, and absolutely. I hope that when you get back to the tour and you keep on doing what you're doing, that you enjoy it as much as you have the last several months. Uh, it has been incredible to see you, even just through the lens of social media, go so high through this thing. Like, especially with the the Vlad, it's Vlad, not Vlad, the Vlad, Vlad debut. Yeah, it's spelt Vlad, but it's pronounced Vlad. I, again, I, I cannot tell you how happy I was for your Vlad debut. And honestly, I just I can't wait to see what you do next. Thank and you, thank you. just thank you so much for your time. This was a fantastic, no, fantastic niche talk. Thank you for for bringing me on. I'm glad we could finally find some time to get it done. And uh, yeah, I, I I mean I'm I'm so grateful for your time and friendship. It's I, and also to know that like I am the first person you actually know to do one of these talks. That's that's uh. A very humbling thing for me so thank you yeah, for that. talking to strangers is fun but you know talking to friends is a little bit better mm -hmm. so. mm -hmm. all right with that we're gonna call it there everybody thank you for listening i hope you have a lovely night